We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. En Vogue is probably the greatest girl group of the 90s and definitely one of the greatest of all time. They used to be four, now they're just three. Terry Ellis and Cindy Heron, original members, and their longtime friend, Rona Bennett. The new album is called Electric Cafe. Let's go. It's En Vogue on Touré Show. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Um, just give me each of your names, just so the viewers and the listeners will know who you're, they're listening to. Thanks for having us. My name is Terry Ellis. My name is Cindy Heron Braggs. And my name is Rona Bennett. And you guys are in vogue. Yes, wow. we are. Um, how do you sing? Can you tell me? Can you teach me? I know I'm horrible. Even in the shower, I'm horrible. <laughs> But you guys are one of the greatest singing groups of all time. So, how do you sing? Oh my gosh, that that's a that's a hard question. It's an interesting question. It is an interesting question. I can't tell you how to sing. I, I think um, singing is just um, an emotion. You come from the heart, come from the soul and the spirit, and just let it out. <laughs> but there is technique to it. There is. Right? Cindy can probably speak, and Rona probably can speak more to that because I didn't technically have singing lessons. You never had singing lessons? No. Did you grow up in the church? I did. So you got the practice every Sunday and yeah, the choir I, practice? and Yeah, so I never learned the, the technicality of what I do. I just started to do it. But I think, you know, quite honestly speaking, I just think that's the African-American experience. Of just... Going to church and then just letting just, it out. No, I think just coming from the spirit, the soul, um, evoking emotion and just expressing it through art and I'm, music. I mean, soul music is definitely that, right? With that gospel bass and you just go up there and you just let it out. But you've, Cindy, you've had singing lessons. I have. I I grew up singing. Uh, my father was a singer. My, my grandfather on my mom's side was a musician and singer. My older sister is a singer. And so I just grew up in it. And so, but, but when I got older and decided I wanted to be more serious about singing, I studied classical voice. 
um, just to learn the technique and, and just to um, enhance my my vocalese. So what do you so what do you do? Tell me something. Teach me something. Well now I don't I don't do much of my classical voice training anymore except for sometimes sing arias to help open up my my range on a show day because nothing even we, we vocalize in our dressing room together, but for me nothing really opens me up like singing through an aria. Like for some reason that doesn't and it could be that you know when you're singing an aria, it requires breath control, right, and um, and a lot of vocal technique, start to finish, and so maybe all of that. And I think full gets range. Me ready. Yeah, it requires and full it range. It just opened you up. Yeah. Did you grow up singing in the church too? I, not a gospel church. I grew up in a going to a Lutheran church, and so our choir was different than a gospel choir. I wish I had that. Not that same Yeah, education. it's not the same thing. No. And then that's a really important part of just black music culture of people. Not so much now, that's fading away a little bit, but just historically growing up in the church and learning how to sing there. So, Rona, tell me about, tell, tell me something. Give me a little <laughs> more. Has I'm, str- I'm struggling to get <laughs> Well, I did. I, I grew up in church. I sang in church. And then I joined a very uh, popular choir in Chicago, the Soul Children of Chicago. And I uh, came in as a second soprano. And I used to sing very loud and very long for often. And my, I would get hoarse on a regular basis. And so someone said, you know what? She needs to get vocal training. And so I did get classical training. And I learned placement. So singing is about how you place your tongue, how you use your throat. Uh, being able to sometimes where you can place a note through the middle of your eyes can sometimes change how you position a tone coming out of your body. It deals with uh, strengthening the diaphragm, so there's a different way that a singer breathes. A lot of people might say, "Don't say, well, singing coaches may say, don't come from the chest, come from the diaphragm. So that's a, a, a different kind of breath. I had to learn how to do that kind of breath. Um, I did learn some music theory, but I've forgotten it. But I did get a lot of like <laughs> technical things to help me preserve my instrument because I was getting hoarse a lot. How do you get the note to come through the, what you said, the middle of your head? <laughs> you use your mind's eye. You right. just kind of imagine. Because sometimes, like she would say, um, I used to have a, my vocal coach would say, uh, act like you're yawning. And then sometimes uh, when you yawn, it opens up your throat and then the note comes out different. Or if an E is, um, if it's making you strain and pull up the larynx, you may send the note through your head and learn to mix the tone. So you got chest and head coming together to make a mixed tone. And then you just keep vocalizing to strengthen that aspect of your voice. If you were, I mean, I'm learning all that now. <laughs> what, right now? <laughs> right now in the podcast? Singer, it's important to know I hate that I missed out on that early on and it's important to know. But I I want to say that with a lot of singers who haven't had like any formal training, sometimes they find that. Yeah. Yeah. They just find it and you do. You you have you got it. So I just I think it's intuition sometimes. You know, it's intuition. It's it's just finding where that placement works for you without wearing your vocal cords out. What are your sonic roles in the group? I am us- uh, usually 
for Sing soprano. Top. She's usually yeah. soprano. soprano. Cindy's the first soprano. Although I think yeah. she's got a higher range. And I, I she's a higher. She's, Terry she's can a, go higher. Yes. She's a first With soprano. Her soprano and and alto. You can do soprano and alto. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, we all. I think we can. all can. <laughs> but I tend but, to, when we're recording, I tend to take the the top notes. Yeah. And it just might be um, the, the the clarity of where my yeah. top note sits. Yeah. And well, sometimes um, I think that that Cindy are you has, the lower? I do take on the lower parts more normally when we record and when we sing. Right. But but she's got it, full range. Yeah, yeah. And so it depends what sound we're looking for. Because right. to right. me, sometimes Cindy sounds great on the bottom. I think so. Yeah. And I <laughs> I need to be in the middle. Uh huh. Yeah. So when did yeah. you first say to yourself, Cindy? Damn, this sounds really good. And not even from an <laughs> egotistical point of view, but from a point of view of like, damn, like I could really go somewhere with this voice. I think um, when I <laughs> felt like I could mimic Michael Jackson's child singing voice, Ooh, when yeah. I felt like I could yes. do that really well, that's when I felt like, I got some. You're giving yourself a show. How old were you when you could do that? Um, I probably eight. Really? I think. So yeah. you were dreaming of being a singer from age yes. eight? Probably even earlier. earlier. Even earlier, yeah. What about yeah. you, Terry? I I didn't know. Uh, I was about the age of twelve. I was on the floor in the living room with my sisters watching cartoons. And it was either the cartoon or commercial, something came on. And I started to hum it. And when it went off, my sister said, Terry, do that again. And I was like, do what? And older she was like, sister? My older sister. She said, sing that again. And whatever it was, I did it again. And she said, oh, Terry, you can sing. And from that day forward, she would have me practicing every day after school. So I was listening to Natalie Cole, Gladys Knight, Shaka Khan, all the greatest. And, um, and just trying to practice, you know, mimic what they did um, to strengthen my voice. And I was, just, I was just doing it. I was like, oh, I like this. This is fun. And then from that day, from that time on, I was in every choir you could think of, every band in Houston you could think of. Um, and when I was in college, um, I go? sang in the Prairie View Anim University. I sang in the marching band. I sang at all the football games halftime, um, the concert band, the jazz band, uh, the classical choir. Just I was singing. Yeah. <laughs> Rona, how do you practice? Vocalize. Warm up. Rona. <laughs> we have a running joke. Years ago, we found, well, I, it was a vocal coach on CD, yeah. and he had this really interesting voice like this. Yes. And so whenever we would warm up, we'd say, Terry, you're the best. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we, we do a lot I of warm ups. Right? So I brought it to rehearsal. And so I was, of course, I was going to be the best because. It was, I know it doesn't you're make any sense. Best. You're the best. You're so responsible. Yes. You're so funny. You're the one with the CD and you're the one rehearsing. <laughs> <laughs> but even today we rehearse to yes. your vocal yes. Yes. thingy that yes. you have yeah. in, in our dressing room. Who's the one? And Elder Barge. Oh, yeah. Right. Who, who's okay. the one who says, all right, let's get to work? Who's the one who's like... Everybody's not happy. I'm going to make the joke and make everybody smile again. Who who plays those roles? All of us. Yeah, yeah. all of us at different times. Yeah. Wow. We're all goofy. She's really goofy. <laughs> Anybody could be the leader. Anybody could be the joker. Yeah. Yes. I'd say she's kind of, I don't know. 
it's one of these two. Either it just depends on what day it is and how tired yeah, we are or we're just not. All right. So um, I want to talk about Hold On because the song meant so much to me because it's one of the great records, pop records of this era. It was my college era. I mean, I remember like pretty much like the week it dropped and everyone was like, oh my God, what is that? And partly because it's a great record um, and you sang the hell out of it. But also because it started a change in music. You guys are before Mary J. Blige mixing hip hop sounds and R&B singing in a way that would really shape the 90s, right? And that record really nails it. And it starts off with you, Terry. Yes. Leading the group through this. It's acapella. It's powerful. It's a long acapella section for a pop song. Did you do it in one take or one night? Tell me, take me there when you sang that. Well, um, credit to our producers, Denzel Foster and Thomas McElroy. Uh, and I don't know if you know it, but they are uh, uh, founding members of the club, uh, group Club Nouveau. Okay. So there you go. Okay. Um, that musical background, uh. Uh, just that alone, fusing um, R&B and jazz and hip hop. You know, they have a vast musical um, background. Did so. you get it when they were first like, here's what we're going to do. Have y'all doing your thing over this beat, which does not sound like what R&B singers were traditionally doing. Did you did you get it right away or were you like, this sounds weird? I got it right yeah, away. Yeah, we got did it right you? away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we got it right away. It was really, really cool. We thought it was very different. Um, and uh, it was really cool. I don't know if I did it in one take. I don't know that you did either, but yeah, we did it all always, in the one session. Yeah, it was one session. Did you need to really, like, amp yourself up? Because it's like a big moment, that intro. Um, I, well, under the, under the direction of our producer, you know, that's the, the, the benefit of having a really great producer. They know how to pull that out of you. Um, so thank you for mm, that. Mm. Uh, it was fun. And yeah, I, I I got pretty amped doing that part. <laughs> now you psych us up with this big, but then Cindy, your approach to the first verse is much more cool, right? It's deeper for you. And I think the the cool sound of you coming in deep, my first mistake was, is like, ooh, like this is smooth, right? <laughs> I mean, talk about that verse. And there's a couple other parts of that verse that I want to dig into too. Well, I think, again, it was the... It was under the direction of Denzel Foster and Thomas McElroy because they were really good at helping me um, come outside of myself and sing um, in in directions and ways and with inflections and tones that I normally wouldn't. And so whatever you hear there, it really was under their direction, you know, just saying, get out of your nose, because, you know, you're singing your nose, get out of your nose. Put, and said, put, be get, down here, yeah, right below give me that tone. And, um, and so, it, yeah, and then just, like, making me really aware of the groove, like, sing in the pocket, mm-hmm. sing in the pocket, don't speed, you know. So um, yeah. just all those things really brought it together and made it what it was. Yeah. So I, I can't say, oh, yeah, that was me. I took it. You know, I sang it. But really, they directed me to make it have the flavor and the style that it did. Now, the when you say 
I might not have lost, right? And you sort of make that into like one word, which is so delicious. But then you follow up with the next line. There's lots of pauses, right? That uh, the time that I complain about. So it's this. So talk about those two lines, which are the spacing and the placing, totally different, and it works so well. You know, it was just. It was. It was. The way I, I think that Denzel Foster played a, a big role in, in the in the phrasing yeah. um, of, of that verse, the syncopation and how it went. And I don't know that he thought about it and broke it down like you just did. Like I've never heard anybody say what you just said ever. Yeah. But yeah. I think his mind just worked that way. He was like, oh, you know, we, we would very, write the lyrics. It's and very rappery. The way you so con- you I condense the space in one line, and then you add lots of yeah. space in the following mm-hmm. line. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's how how Denzel Foster heard it, and and I, I think he 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 didn't break it down and make it rocket science. It was just he just had this groove, and you know we we he he let us write the lyrics with him. It was his subject matter because he 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 and. Thomas McElroy had a great respect for women. They, yeah. you know, their sisters and their moms. They had a really great relationship with their sisters and moms, and um, and just just had a great respect for women and women empowerment. And they felt like, you, and so Denny, you know, he's like, let's write this song from a female's perspective, yeah. you know. And somehow he was able to to see that and understand and the it. And blames herself. I know. I wanted to do time. It's me. It's not him. It's me. But he, and, 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 and it really, it's real and it translates. Yeah. 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 Rona, where are you at this time when they're uh. dropping, <laughs> hold on? What's going on in your life at that moment? Oh, gosh. Uh, you know what? I remember seeing them in Chicago at Washington Park when Hold On was blowing up. You came to see him. I sure did. <laughs> I saw them at that time, so I was a spectator. How old were you going to see them? (laughs) Thirteen. So you were a fan, like a straight up, I will pay money to go see Envo. I mean, of course you were. I went to support these beautiful, talented black women. Yes. Thank you, Rona. Um, Why did Envo succeed? There were lots of girl groups. I mean, the music is great, the sound is great, but that's not all of it. So why in vogue? I, you know, I think um, something you said earlier, I I think we were at the cusp of um, uh, creating a, something that hadn't really been created before. Mm -hmm. Um, First of all, we were a four girl group. Um, That wasn't normal. Um, they only wanted three girls originally, and then when they heard the four of us together, they said, "Hey, why can't it be four?" So you, I, were, you came late. Yeah, I did. And and, I did. and were the last one in. Yes. How did that yes. happen? Well, my it wasn't me. My flight was late. Not the lateness, <laughs> but but the getting in at the end there. Um, uh, what do you mean getting well, in at the end? I mean, like the they wanted a trio. They had their three. Well, they were auditioning girls. They were auditioning a number of girls, and so I was just one of you know, many. And um, so when I, by the time I got there, it was towards, I think, towards the end of them about to, you know, beginning to make a a decision. And um, Max, Cindy, and Dawn were there the same day that I, and another young lady, the same day that I came and auditioned. And um, when they heard the four of us together, me, Cindy, Max, and Dawn, they thought, 
you know, why can't it be three? I mean, why, why can't, can't it be, be four? four? So. I mean, I think fans think, rightly, most groups um, are like, you know, we were in high school together or we were in, the, you know, the small town together and we made this band or this rap group or whatever. But you guys are one of those groups that were put together by others. Once they say, okay, here's the foursome, what is the process of creating the relationship and getting to know each other where, like, we're going to be working together, like, every day around the globe, probably. What do you do after that? You, um, well, get into, I, I always called it writer's work, like a writer's workshop. We would come to the studio, sort of brainstorm on lyrics. Denzel Foster and Thomas McElroy usually had some tracks that they'd already worked on that they, they were interested in us coming together and writing. And so it, it, I kind of likened it to a writer's workshop. We would just spend long hours mm -hmm. writing together. Do you like each other right away? Yes, we did, we actually. Did. Yeah. That was a really did. slow yeah. yes. <laughs> well, no. See, I don't no, believe okay, you. Okay, let me really? tell you something. Okay, you tell me. Let me tell you something. <laughs> we knew each other already like um well we didn't really know each other which yeah, but makes we, it even cooler we, we we met each other in passing well we we met each well we we kind of met each other in passing i met terry in texas uh, we have a mutual friend okay. who told both of us about the audition and long before this audition i came to texas with my friend i met terry right he knew terry and he knew um she was singing in a band and so he knew um the guy whose band it was right and that's how um, we we met. initially met, and then one, and then I moved to Los Angeles from San Francisco. Years later, and and she came to town one. You and Gary came to town one time, and we had lunch on my lunch break. But and you was, called me one time and told me during you the were audition. tired of college. Remember that? Yep. But that was during the audition <laughs> process. But that was during the audition process. No, but it was, it was wasn't it? Be, it was before the audition. Before I it moved away to San Francisco, you called me one time when you were in college, and you were telling it was me that how long you were before you had you were tired because I had moved to L.A. already. You oh, told me right. you were tired of college. Yeah. And I said, if when your I knew parents she are paying like, for college, I'm tired of college you, now. I want to do what she's doing. I was like, if your parents are paying for college, you should you stay in college. Stay. I wasn't leaving how college anyway. Get, but. Did you finish? Oh, yeah, I graduated. I have a, de a degree in marketing. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so anyway, we got together twice. We talked on the phone once. Yep. And so we, you know, we, we had a... There's a little vibe. Yeah. Yes, yes, now, we definitely were, had a, You were far from strangers. Yeah. Yes, now, but, yes. Maxine and I, we both grew up in... Well, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. I did a lot of musical theater growing up. And Maxine and I were in a musical one time. And so when she came to the audition, I remembered her. We were, we were in this musical, this Christmas musical. And so it was kind of like, oh, hi. And so, and then Dawn, I, that was my first time meeting Dawn. But Max and Dawn had met in passing. Dawn was in the beauty shop where Max worked. And they just kind of... Somebody, somebody said, Dawn you guys should sing together. You guys are both singers. Sing something together. Now, Rona, you are not new to this. You've been in En Vogue for a very long time. And you were friends and professionally part of the group, right, before you were officially in En Vogue, correct? No. Well, give I, us a little bit of your history with the group. Because I don't want... Because folks should not think, Rona, you are not the new member. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> um, I, well, I was a Mouseketeer at one point. And my uh, Mouseketeer buddy needed someone to come in and sing a demo. And so I went by there and did it for him. And a producer that he was working with was working on the Soul Flower record that they were getting ready to release. And he said, I don't know if you're interested in something like this, but they're looking for a new member. At the time I wasn't, I thought I was gonna be a solo artist, but it was like, I don't know. So I met with Denzel Foster. We 
connected very well. He liked my material. He flew me up to the bay. I met them and it just clicked. Worked. Yeah. What is sonically, what is the difference between the original foursome in Vogue and this iteration of in Vogue? That is a good question um, because uh, thank God we've managed to to fill that almost void musically and, and vocally. Um, in Vogue, one of the signature things about in Vogue was the harmonies, mm -hmm. and <laughs> it's funny because I have a lot of musician friends to this day that still say to me. You, you, We've never had heard harmonies like you guys have. It's, they're so tight, and you guys' voices fit together so incredibly great um, that they've never heard anything else like it. And I think it was just the blend that we had, the four of us that we had. So, um, you know, with the girls uh, being gone, I think uh, the temper in Rona's voice has just it just came in and just you know filled both of those spots i mean I, I mean help me understand what and maybe you can like what rona adds that you didn't have before i mean like i know i can hear it with new edition before johnny gill they were able to do certain things johnny gill brings in different capabilities um so what does rona bring in that you didn't have before sonically hmm well, I, I, she, she, in terms of her singing, well, what we needed was that third harmony. Yeah. That's what we needed, and that was what was missing. You know, four was the what made up the sound of In Vogue, but, and, but we could not get by without at least that third harmony right. filling in for us. Um, and then Which Sonic, you know. Bottle. Yeah, which is that bottom, although she sings, uh, you know. Higher, too. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then she's just, you know, she's just got her, her own style and her own um, soul. Yeah. Uh, her own brand. How long were you looking for another person? Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, um, when we recorded the Soul Flower album, we spoke with Max and Dawn and they didn't want to come back and record that record with us. So it was pretty immediate. Um, Cindy and I decided to carry on, and that's when Denzel Foster introduced us to Rona, and we went in the studio and recorded right away. So there wasn't that many other people who were considered? Well, we, we she came in about... this is a prime job. Yeah, no, no, but we... <laughs> Jobs in the vote don't drop out of the sky every we day. Were working, <laughs> we were working with... Once Max and Dawn left... We were the working time. the first time. We were working with another young lady. She was doing live shows, live performances yes. with us. Yes. And um, and she recorded. I think she sang some background on maybe yeah, a, a, few, of the songs a few of the songs on the Soul Flower right. CD. And then she left. Yes. And then that's when we were looking for someone to finish the project. I know Dawn and Max. There's coming and going. I don't want to belabor that, but we've talked about it a bunch. You mentioned it a bunch. Why they leave? Well, initially, Dawn had a solo project that she and she she decided um, to go and do that project. She she was expected to. She wasn't signed. Um, she was signed with another label, and so they expected her to 
do a solo project. Yeah, but she's and in we, one of the biggest at, groups in the world. And we had just come out with, well, we were just working on our third album on the EB, it turned it into the EB3 project. Yeah, and I, and I also think that, you know, when you're in a group, um, you have to realize and respect that, especially when you start um, as young as we did, you grow, you mature, and uh, you have to respect that each person has different goals and aspirations. Um, and I think uh, with Max and Donna, it was simply a matter of just wanting to go in a different direction, growing and wanting to do, like you said, she was in this group. We were recording, but, you know, it's four members. And if you want to be a solo artist, then that doesn't matter sure. to you. Right. You know, you want to do your thing and you want to do it but there's solo. Some, but there's some acrimony, right? I mean, like, they can't come back, right? Never say never. Correct. But... They came back. But from this point now... <laughs> Well, we always say never say never because you just never know. You know, we harbor no ill feelings, you know, or ill will. So we're we're open. We're always open. You never know. How did you guys end up with the name? Well, we had to go through mediation. And once the mediator looked at all of the information, he awarded Cindy and I the, uh, the trademark. That must have been a nice day. It was bittersweet. Yeah. Mm. Bittersweet. Because we, we never wanted, you know, to, um, to not work with the girls. Right. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. One of the people who helped inspire me to want to be in broadcasting is Oprah Winfrey. She's an inspiration for so many of us, but her daytime talk show was so incredible. And it told me that you could be black and authentic and real on TV. And that made me want to do it, too. Black Stories, Black Truths is NPR's new collection that's a celebration of blackness. Each of NPR's black voices are as direct, varied, distinct and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and how to create world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Black perspectives that haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story, but now they are the story. 
On NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, as nuanced, and as Black as we are. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Influencer. It's a word that gets tossed around a lot these days. There is a woman who went the distance, who broke ground as the first true influencer by living a remarkable life. Her name, Elizabeth Taylor. I'm Katy Perry. This is the story of the original influencer. This is Elizabeth the First. Elizabeth the First, the podcast, wherever you listen. How do you make it so long in this business? I mean, it's a 20 plus year career. How do you survive 20 plus years? People talking about backstabbing the industry is very, very difficult. And how do you make it? Well, you know, I I don't think it's the industry. I think it's the people in the industry because that's what drives the industry, right? Um, But I think for us, uh, it's we love what we do. We realize and recognize that it's a gift. Um, We don't take it for granted. Uh, It's our passion, and it's what drives us to keep moving forward no matter what. And I think it it also helps to to see the bigger picture, not just to, you know, have your your vision down here in the immediate day-to-day things, because that can either sidetrack you. Sometimes it it can make you just tired and want to give up because there's going to be always obstacles uh, in the way from time to time. Right. It's the industry. Mm. Um, But sometimes if you can just try to lift your gaze above the present and look down the road and see your long-term goals, what what are you trying to achieve and accomplish, what legacy do you want to leave, then you start to be able to deal with the the day-to-day things better. And also, as the years go by, you learn to problem-solve in different ways. You, you, you grow and learn and right. mature and evolve as a person. You start to be able to respect the differences and, and you know, the gifts and the talents of, of the people around you, the people that work with you and for you. It, you just have a broader perspective, and it just helps you sort of settle in and you have a sense of mission. Focused. It helps yeah. you deal with Absolutely. the small it does. crap. Absolutely. Rona, it does. you know, once I, uh, Jay-Z and DMX were going on tour, and I asked Rolling Stone to let me go on tour with them. And after they said yes, and I was out there for a week, I thought I was on punishment because <laughs> it was so fucking boring. You know, show, bus, 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 show, bus, bus. I'm like, I'm going to kill myself. We were watching the same four DVDs over and over. It was, I, I, I was killing my, I really wanted to shoot myself. And I'm like, my God, if this is your life, this is really hard. You get to the venue at like three and then you sit around for four or five hours, yeah. do the show, <laughs> your energy is way through the roof and then you got to find a way to come down so you go to sleep so you can get on the bus and go to another <laughs> small town in America. The next, I mean, is touring boring as hell? No. No. What is I exciting about it? I mean, I think uh, you get to see a lot of the world. 
depending on where you are. I mean, we've done a couple tours recently over in Europe, and it was a blast. I mean, you get to ride on these really cool tour buses. You get it's, to see these towns? Yeah, I mean, Cause when, you usually drive, when you drive. Usually you're kind of like... You, you do the show, and then you you don't get to go to the local museum, right? You don't. Well, we we've stopped oh. off though. We yeah. we yeah, saw Stonehenge. We went to Stonehenge. We'll try to pick up some cool stuff along the way. Yeah, we try to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we try to. You know, just depending on the routing and and how much time um, we can spend over there, and that's usually my issue. So if we like zip through Europe with fourteen shows and. 14 days, that's my fault. But um, but sometimes we have a few <laughs> days in between, and um, and we, we get out and see what's there. And I mean, just driving. Yeah, so I much of it. your business yeah. at this point is touring, right? You're really really touring more than releasing albums, yeah. right? Yeah. And, I mean, that, it's just hard. Is it not? You guys are you're, you're be, just like, we're tough. built for this, we love no, this. No, it, it can be tough because, you know, you 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 got to balance your energy, right? you got to make sure you're getting enough rest. And sometimes yeah. that's hard because you get off, depending on where you are, especially in Europe, you, you know, you may have to travel half the night or all night yeah. and then get into town. And there are times when, you know, you get into town and you get to have a hotel room that day be, and you get to spend the night. And then there's some times where you travel all night, go to the venue, do a show, get back on the bus, and travel half the night and get yeah. into town and then have a day room. It's, so it just depends. So you really have to pace yourself. For us, um, we have a really physical show, so we have to make sure that we have to have a, a hotel with a gym. You yeah. know, we got to find time to work out, and we have to make sure that the, you know, the food on our rider is is healthy. Right. And we have our alkaline water, and you know, it's really it's a it's a balancing act because it, it you can burn yourself out. Yeah, I mean, burn yourself out. I mean, the some of the trickiest moments from the outside are you do the show right. It goes to this crescendo. They are screaming for you. We love you. You are the bomb. <laughs> and then you go backstage, and it's quiet. And your emotions are still through the roof, and the ego is still super stroked, and you feel it great, but now it's quiet, right? And then, like, what, in an hour, you're back in the hotel, and you're alone, and it's really quiet. Like, And we love it. <laughs> it's, it seems like quite an emotional roller coaster. Just that, like, last, like, two hours seems like. But I, I think, um, I think our, I think it becomes that when your ego isn't in check. And I think we're pretty centered. Um, and so although we love it and it's our passion, uh, we realize it's a job as well. And so I think we're able to, to process it and put it there. It's like putting on a hat, and then when you're done doing what you're doing, you take that hat off. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think we're pretty well balanced with that. So we enjoy doing the show. So you're not egoed out by them cheering for you. No, no, no not at all. We're more excited by the exchange. Yes, yes. the exchange the of sharing what? energy, the yeah. energy between us and connecting with the audience. Sharing the energy and yeah. um, and, and seeing them sing along. Years. I think Including Rona, one of your fans is here. <laughs> <in the room. laughs> I think we all live in an immense amount of gratitude. Yes, uh, we understand mm. that this is not. Um, like it could, it could go tomorrow. I mean, you don't know yeah. what could happen. Uh, there are plenty of people who have loads of talent that aren't doing yep. this. Right. So yep. we, we understand that probably on a very deep level and um, yeah. because of that we just operate in a lot of gratitude. Yeah. We're in it, we're not of it. Mm, interesting, interesting. I mean Maxwell talked about, they're not, singing for, they're not screaming for me, they're screaming for the music. 
which allows him to stay humble and not take it like I'm so great, right? And and once you start thinking I'm so great, I mean, some of that can be valuable, right? But yeah. some of that can be very toxic, mm-hmm. right? Right. If you allow it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, Cindy, you alluded to some of why you pushed them to rush through 14 cities in 14 days because you got four kids at home? How old are your kids? Um, they're all at home still. She has four um, adults at home. I do. 24, 19, 18, and 13. Wow. 19, 18 in college? Yes. Where? College of the Canyons in Canyon Country. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What are they studying? Uh, well, my older, my, my, my older one, the... Um, 19-year-old, um, she's just getting all her Jeanette out of the way. She thinks psychology is okay. the direction she wants to go. My oldest one is a biology major. He wants to be an anesthesiologist. Okay. My young, my 18-year-old is uh, very artsy, like all Crazy talent. She's a great she artist. She's a great musician, great singer, great songwriter, great um, book writer. She writes great, she's just all of that. But so right now her passion is, is art. And she's just getting all her gen ed out of the way, too, because she's just not sure where, to go. where exactly she wants to go with Do they have that. any idea, like, who you are to the rest of us and, like, what your career has been like? I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of impossible to really know if you weren't there, like, right. when these records and albums are dropping and the videos are all up. Like, you'll never really know. But do they have they some have an idea? idea because they've come to plenty of our shows and, um, you know, have, have seen us on television and enough. Even even still, you know, we we, we work a lot and they know I leave a lot. Um, I, if any, but, you know, they but I've kept them a, sort of separated from it a lot, too, on purpose. Um, just so that they... I didn't want them to grow too much in up into all of that, um, okay. Because I want them to be their own people, Do you and not? I am all of mom when I come home. Like when I come home, <laughs> yes, I am all of what mom. Do you and need? I How totally, are you? And yes, I'm totally a servant <laughs> to everybody, including the dog. That's and what you know, we my parents are. We are butlers yeah. and chauffeurs. That and is it. Short order And I love it, too. I love it. Tuck in, yeah. butler. I love it. And I'm, I'm just, I'm, my, you know, I'm doing school runs and groceries and do- walking the dog. And, you, you get, know, you get I, the other parents like, oh, I loved your album. Yeah, oh sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, but the guy, when they see me, uh, you know, looking like soccer mom, they're, you know, it's like, Ooh, that brought me back down. Earth. I, 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 I only think of this because my wife and I just the last couple of days were going through like she was talking about going to Paris for three days like next week. So I was already starting to think about like how am I going to get through the morning and the pickup and the dinner and like how am I going to navigate oh, all this sort of stuff. You. Oh, it was yeah, it was a quick during the week work trip that's uh-huh. not going to happen, but it was going to happen. So I was starting to think about like how do I make these three days work? And, and, and she does it from time to time, as do I. So, you know, just thinking ahead. So, your husband, (laughs) he must be, what, like, super helping you when you're leaving all the time. How's that? He he has to. I mean, he just does it, you know, and I... Uh, I'll try to make it a little easier. Like now, my older ones are, are older, and they they can do a lot for themselves. Yeah. Um, but but the 13, you know, my thirteen you year old, like I'm still, I'm like, I'm really careful about 
what we eat and all that stuff. And so I pack lunches. And so you make the lunch I, before you go on tour. I, well, so what I did this last time, I, I packed the first day lunch just so my husband kind of has a one day. You know, this is what he, we. This is where we are. Yeah. This is what he's having now because he's so picky. And um, okay, so I did Thursday, so you could do Friday, and Friday's his off day. So Friday, my, my is husband, your son's my off husband's day. off day. So he doesn't doesn't have to go into work on Friday. So, you know. Oh. But uh, but you know what? Back of you know a couple of years ago, I would pack like three or four days of lunches, if I was going to be gone that long, just to make sure. So helpful. It was done like I want it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she knew because we were gone all the time. So she was trying to, you know, keep some balance. Yeah. There. No, I mean it's really important. So. He's um, a great team player. She has a great husband. Yes, he's great, very hands on. He's a great team yeah. player. How long have you been married? 25 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, so how has your singing ability grown over the years? What can you do as a singer now that you couldn't do two decades ago? I, you know, I feel like I'm better and I'm working on it, still working on it. I talk to the girls about it all the time. I'm working on making um, my mix stronger, singing in my middle voice. Okay. Don't ask me to explain it. <laughs> they could probably explain it to you, but that's what I'm working on. Rona, because what does I, she mean? Tell them what I mean. Uh, she's mixing her chest and her head voice so that it can sound strong, so that maybe she doesn't always have to sing that strong, chesty sound. She can sing in her mid-range and it still give the same effect. Yes, okay. thank you, okay. Ro. <laughs> 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 what about you, Cindy? What can you do now that you couldn't do before? Oh, my gosh. I'm... I'm I, I, I'm not sure what I could do now. I probably can um, sing around um, some hoarseness better. <laughs> I mean, and, and I know that just probably sounds funny, but sometimes when your voice is tired and it's harder to hit certain notes, you have to um, learn how to get around that and yeah. um, still give a great performance and make it sound like you gave a great performance, but you're not hitting all those notes as hard and just have to learn how to sing around stuff and be creative and yep. still make it come out pretty. But you, Rona? I agree with Cindy. I do know how to sing around things a lot better now. And I think I sing with more soul. I have more soul now. I have more life experience to bring to my interpretation of the music. Yeah, yeah. No, that's important. Yeah. yeah. Are you, are people in this group, Rona, able to take criticism if... Can you say to Terry, I think you could have done that verse better. Or can Terry say to Cindy, I think we could write a better chorus here. Yeah. I don't like that song. I don't want that to be the single. Or is it, how's no, that No, I go? think we do pretty good about, about I that. I think we have a certain level of respect that we yeah. approach each other with just off top. Yep. And because of that, and everybody respects each other's crafts and contributions, we'll take it in. Yeah. What would you say? How do you say that to your group mate? Like, because you, you can't say that chorus could be better. That might be too raw. How do you how do you say it in a nice, respectful way? Well, you just said it. I think just being real with each other, you know. So what um, would you say? We we feel safe with each other. Okay. You know, um, uh, there's no ego trips here, and I think we learned it early on um, because we had no idea that we would be singing lead. We didn't know who was going to be singing lead. Just thankfully we all ended up singing lead. So um, I think that humbled us 
in the very beginning. And so it's gotten to the point now where we could hear a song or we're recording a song. And if I think she'll deliver that song better or Rona will deliver it better, then that's who should sing the lead on it. Yeah. Because well, that's, no, I hear Cindy on that. That, yeah. that sounds like a Cindy song. Yeah. Or like, that sounds like she should do that first. Or, yeah. or but, but even, even more to the point of what you were saying, if we're having a little quick rehearsal because we're trying to make sure we're singing something right, if somebody's sounding a little off, we'll go, or I'll go, wait a minute, sing that again. It's not right. Yeah. <laughs> we're off. Sing that. Okay. What's your note? What's that note? That doesn't, is that right? Is yeah. that sound, you know? And then yeah. we just kind of go over it and go, oh, yeah, okay. That's right. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Because you know? <laughs> the bottom line is, is we all want it right because sure. when we're singing together, that's just, we're as one. So we, it's got to be right. How do you handle a creative disagreement? Terry thinks we should go this way. Cindy thinks we should do that. How does that play out? Well, I, I know for me, um, if, because, uh, you know, we have creative differences. And if Cindy suggests something, one, I trust her. Um, she has great taste. And I will, I'm always open to hear what she's hearing. Um, and the same with Rona. Uh, and, if I'm not, then I'll say, hmm, I don't know. But I'll still listen. And then if it's not right, then I'll say, let's try it this way. Or, you know, and they are, we're great with each other like that. Who's the greatest singer of all time? Ooh, there's not, there's not a single one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Come on, everybody's got a That's list. A a everybody's got a list. <laughs> You could say a couple of names. Okay, good, oh because you can't just, come on. I mean. You know. And you're talking to a black woman, too? I mean, oh come on. Gosh. Come on. Come on, give me, th- 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 can, can you a give top you, three? Dude, I can't give you no. top, are you kidding me? <laughs> I can't give you top five. I can't give you top There's 20. So give me some. Oh, oh my different. gosh. I'm, I'm, and and yes. in different genres, right. yeah. you know, we cover it. We, yeah. we cover all bases. Okay. Uh. Okay, so you know what? How about if we give different genres? Yeah. Um, Okay. Natalie Cole, Shaka, Gladys, uh, Aretha Franklin. uh, Ella Fitzgerald. uh, Thank you. Sarah Vaughn. Whitney Houston. Yes. Nat King Cole. Yes. Um, Young people coming up, up and coming. I love Molly music. I love how long it took to get to a man. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm with you though. I'm with you though. I think, I think in a lot of ways, women's voices can be more expressive than men's can in the realm of singing. No. Right. And can be very. I mean, not not that men can't. Not that, I mean, I wrote a book about Prince. I fully am with you, but I mean, like the, all the women, Jackson, all the women you named, absolutely would be in the conversation for me. I mean, for me, I come down to somebody who may not be the greatest technically, but makes me feel so much. Nina Simone yes. just yes. wrecks me, yes. and I'm like, you. In my book, you are the greatest singer of I all agree. time. I agree, one hundred percent. She mm-hmm. is. Amazing. I, I remember the first time amazing. I put on a Nina Simone CD. Because, I mean, her music plays all the time in America, yeah. so I was aware of me. But yeah. I'm like, okay, I got the CD, and I put it on. I think I was 22, and the sound was so deep and yeah. melancholy and powerful. I had to turn it off. This feeling is too much. Yeah, I am not ready. Right? I had to be yeah. older before I could even deal wow. with the feelings yeah. that she's dealing about with. That. Yeah. Um, wow. How about that? That's singing. That's what I was trying to express earlier. Which Aretha yeah. also gets at, I yeah. mean, the technical abilities there, but just 
the power and the soul. The With the soul, soul. Yeah. you know, yeah. when you're singing from the heart and the feeling, the technicalities really, they really don't matter because it's really, um, you know, it's it's someone's perspective and someone's interpretation as to how a song makes you feel mm-hmm. or what you think about the singer or, you know, if they have this certain vocal ability or, or whatever. None of it matters if it makes you feel. Mm-hmm. When you guys were hot with the first album, second album, touring, singles, videos, what is the group that you were like, mm, we're, mm, we're, wa- we're watching y'all, we're looking out for y'all, we see y'all, like competition is a big word because you guys were on top. But who were you looking over your shoulder at like, mm, mm, pay attention to them? Um, you know, we, we never felt um, competition or competitive with anyone, but we respected all of the girl groups, to yeah. be quite honest with you. And but, there were some that had some good, Brownstone, Brownstone Jade, Jade, SWV. Um, yep, Destiny's Child. Uh, shucks, who else? There were so many. Um, I can't think of any of them. There was ex-girlfriend that came up. There were there were a few girl groups that I mean, we S- were like. SWV was like after you, but like similar time, trying to do something similar. Yeah. Then they have the level of hits of, that you guys had. Had some great records. No no shots. No disrespect. The great group. But like, you know, you guys were running ahead of everybody. Thank you. And then there was TLC as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. Yes. Of course. Of course. They were a little more hip hop, right? Yeah. You guys like embraced hip hop. They were like, hip hop is in the group. What does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals, Thrive Market is the best place to get all your groceries and household essentials. And getting Thrive shipped to your door is like having a great supermarket right outside your house. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and ethical sourcing methods. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market's got it and their site lets you curate your shopping experience quickly. And as a Thrive member, I save on every order, usually about 30%, which of course I love. And when you join, you help a family in need with the membership matching program. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a $60 gift for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E Market dot com slash Torrey thrivemarket.com slash Torrey does Monday at the office feel like a storm not with Microsoft Copilot that feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly it's sunny again when Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act that sun's shining on a beach and when Copilot uncovers hidden insights you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure that's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Yeah. But see, we, 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 you know, when we see other girl groups, you know, for us, it just feels like, you know, uh, female empowerment, girl okay. power. That's our perspective. We, we never look at it from a competitive perspective because we've never felt competitive with anyone. There's we just room feel like, it's more of yeah. us, yes. There's room for Girl more. Girl power, yeah. yes, absolutely. And everybody absolutely. came with their own style, yes. you know, that we respected and we liked all of them. Yeah. So, 
it was like, yeah. Rona, what is the, you know, I think, what is the challenge of moving into an established situation and establishing yourself as like, you know, I am my own person, y'all should listen to me, but <laughs> I know you're used to this, right? I mean, like, I think I think a lot of people may be in that situation in all kinds of ways of like moving into a house that's already built. Where do I make the space for myself? So how did you do that? I don't know how I did that. <laughs> <laughs> I just showed up and um, uh, just endeavored to keep with the integrity of what the group was about. Mm-hmm. I did not try to fill anybody's shoes. Didn't try to replace anyone, because a lot of people use that word, and it's so inappropriate to me. Um, I just showed up and wanted to do my best in keeping with the integrity of what this group is about. And I'm glad that there was no such thing as social media at the time when I was settling in. It's too much. I just think, yeah, uh, everybody's opinion and... um, you know, maybe what they what they wanted to say. I didn't I didn't have all of that. So thank goodness I was able to just come in and just be me, show up, do my yeah. job, and settle in. And then years later, after I've kind of gotten the in vogue bug in my system, it's like you know. You said you wanted yeah. to fit in with what they were all about. What is in vogue really about that you were trying to fit into? Uh, I would say that I associated class, talent, mm-hmm. beauty, mm-hmm. and um just womanhood, just uh, being a lady, mm-hmm. you know? Hey, so, girl. yeah. So, <laughs> just coming into that in, in my way. What drives you? For work or just life? For, or For work. I think the just uh, enjoying uh, performing. I still love to perform. It's, it's such a... Better than the studio? Yes. You like to have an audience. Yes, I do. I like the exchange. Um, I like the party. I like the sing-along and, and the faces and sometimes the tears um, and the touches. Um, that's really special, just sharing that, that moment and that time with our fans. Yeah. Yeah. What drives you? I, um, I'm driven by both. The experience of um, being on stage and connecting with the audience, but I love, love, love being in the studio because it's, it's a creative... You prefer the studio. Well, I won't say I prefer it. I enjoy it equally um, as being on stage. Um, because in the studio I'm creating, you know, I am um, I am discovering me. And once I discover that, I can take it to the stage. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy um, delving deep to see, you know, what you got, girl. So does that mean like a lot of time in the booth exploring and seeing yes. what it should be? And- yeah, yeah. And I get to... I get to um, explore different um, vocal, how I would deliver a song, um, uh, how I interpret a song vocally, musically, um, how it executed, um, what the what the storyline is for me, what the character is for me. Um, I feel like I'm I'm in development. I'm an initiate in the studio. And then once I'm done creating, I get to take that to the stage and share it with everyone. And I really get off on that. <laughs> what drives you? Definitely the exchange of energy. I have a blast out on stage. But I would also say I've learned to coin it by saying I bring stress. I mean, I bring joy and relieve stress in what I do. 
And so when I realized that that's what it does for people, it's a release. They come and they let go. They come and forget things for like an hour or so. And we just hang out. Um, I guess I, I enjoy that aspect of it. It's healing. Yeah. A lot of people come on the show and talked about their self-talk, especially in the morning, to sort of like get themselves up out of bed, ready to conquer the world. What are you like in the morning? Or is there a part of the day or is there a moment when you're like giving yourself positive messages so you can go out and do your thing? Or what, what, is, what, is, the, what is the voice inside your head when you're talking to yourself like? Uh, I wake up every morning and I say um, how... Um, how do I come into the world uh, and deliver the best version of myself uh, today? I do that every morning when I wake up um, and I pray, I meditate, and I write in my gratitude journal. My energy is already like, I have to calm myself because when I wake up in the morning, I just, something about the morning, I just love it. I think if I could bottle it up, I'd be a trillionaire. <laughs> you, you meditate and gratitude journal? Yes. How long do you meditate for? About 20 minutes. Really? Yeah, and, sometimes and less. Sometimes less. When I get to the, that place I want to be, it could be five minutes or it could be 15. It could be an hour. Do you, do you have a mantra? Do you I close have, your eyes? All what that I stuff? set aside is an hour. I call it my hour of power. Um, and that's when I, I tap in. Wow. Yeah. And then I go to the gym. Girl, you have won the day before no. breakfast is even had. That's my point. What? That's that's my intention. Now, the <laughs> parents have it a little different. You get up like I usually get to bed late. You're not the first one up, are you? Oh, gosh, um, I usually am. Really? Yeah, because just I'm because almost never I the first one. Up. The kids my, get up first. No, no, I get up and and make breakfast. And maybe about 20 minutes after that, my son, my 13-year-old son gets up, and then my husband gets up probably around the same time. And so I just get up in the morning. I don't, I, my just focus is just getting the morning out of the way. Get my son to school, do all that stuff, and then I, I try to get a workout in, you know. And then there's just, uh, when I'm home and I'm in town, I just, there's just lots of errands. There's, you know, I've got to get that workout in if I can. There's lots of errands and just things that need to be done during the day often related to family, you know. I mean, you know, there's just a number of things. <laughs> yeah. Dry cleaning, groceries, make a doctor appointment. Oh, don't forget to do this. Oh, I have to go drop that off. The shoe has to go to the shop. You know, it's like all, all that kind of stuff that really just happens morning to night, really walk the dog and all that stuff. I do try to... Um, have my quiet time every day. I'm I can't I'm not good at meditating, honest prayer and Bible reading. And honestly that's the hardest part of my day because I I have a really hard time being still and sitting still. Like that's <laughs> really hard to do. Once I can do it it, I'd walk away saying, that was good. I, that was good. Right. I needed that. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Pretty much. But, um, and then it's like that until, until bedtime. But, uh, yeah. What about you, Rona? Very similar to Terry. I wake up in no less than five minutes of gratitude. I go into meditation for about 20 minutes. I do visualization in the morning as well. Of what? What I choose for myself. Moving forward and just present time the dreams that you want to to continue make. to manifest and yeah mm -hmm. and then I might watch something inspirational or motivational to kind of kick it up a notch but kick it up <laughs> even further I, I, you know the importance of gratitude 
is so deep, right? I mean, can it you is. talk about something that you maybe this morning or yesterday that you said to the universe that you were grateful for? Oh, absolutely, my life, um, my my work, my family, uh, being in this group. Uh, I, I, I. I'm gonna leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, Rona, I know sometimes they talk about say like specific things, like not just like my group, but like <laughs> I lo I love my notebook. I love my pillow, right? Like little things. Like are there things like that that you think about? Yes. Like what? The bed I just woke up in. Yep. Yeah. The sleep I just got. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the coffee I'm drinking. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that I can say thank you again. Yes. I'll say that. Yep. Yeah. What about you, Cindy? Oh, uh, I'm just always thankful every time I land on a from you know yes. every time I land. Are you, are you scared of flying? No, I'm not. Okay. I'm not. But I just you know always hope and pray that every time I fly, it's always safe. But just. Yeah. You know, to to be in New York City because I love New York City. Just to be here and feel the energy and like yesterday, I I I just I went across the street to the this is all the delis. Like you could go everywhere and get a cup mm -hmm. of soup. And mm -hmm. I was so I know <laughs> New York, I all the delis, so all grateful. the museums, all like, the parks, all the delis. That's all we have time for. I, I don't have time to get to the museums often, <laughs> right. but I gotta eat every day. So I really appreciate being able to just walk a half a block and yep. get and get a cup of soup. And yeah. they have salad bars yeah. and I was just like oh god thank you this is what I needed right now <laughs> thank you I didn't have to spend a lot of money oh this is so good I'm gonna take you lunch somewhere nice I know I don't do that I don't do that yeah, I know like, soup. <laughs> it was good yeah do you do you like the sound of your voice speaking singing yes yes um, um I I'm No. Okay, let me say this. <laughs> when we're in the studio, half of what I sing, I don't I doesn't sound good to me. Half of the time, I'm like like something about the sometimes it's just ugh. It's hard. And um but when I hear the whole finished product and everything put together, then I like it better. But sometimes I just, the tone of my, I am nasally, you know, and sometimes that just, once I hear it back, I'm like, oh, I didn't know I sound like that. <laughs> Do you, Terry, you like the sound of your voice? Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, I'm very, very critical. Uh, sometimes. I'm, I'm really hard on myself. What about you, Rona? Similar. It's, it's amazing to me, so many people <laughs> I've met who are professional singers or rappers who are like, I don't really like this. It seems like most <laughs> don't really like the sound of their voice. Which then is like, well, why did you go into a career where you are singing or rapping all the time? But we have this vision of you doing it perfect, you know, and yeah. a desire to do it perfect. It's just that sometimes in the process, <laughs> it's hit or miss sometimes, you know. Yes. It's just like, thank God you can take it over. Yes. Erase that. Let's do that again, please. <laughs> one more time, please. I'm sorry, one more yeah, time, please. One more one, one please. How often do, do we say that in the studio? Yeah. Can we just, one more time, please. I'm sorry. I should do one that again. I, yeah. I can do that like, better. We do a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have to, once you get it perfect, now you better do that live. Yeah. A lot <laughs> of times our producer just, no. <laughs> uh, or he'll go, no, Diddy does. Yeah. He'll go, that was great, <laughs> but. 
I'll let you do it again. If you can't do it better than this, then shut up. <laughs> You're not doing it again. <laughs> you better do it better than what you just did, because I like what you just did. And then it's usually we'll do it again, and then it's like, no, that was not better than what you just did. I'm not using it. Oh, wow. Because as artists, we, we are very critical. It, it can be difficult sometimes. It can be a challenge. Yeah. And so sometimes the producer will have to cut you off because we'll keep trying to paint all day long if you let us. Well, that's part of your success. Thank you. Cindy, want to go to Nobu? <laughs> it's actually like actual <laughs> good food. They have soup there. What do, they have <laughs> soup? They have salad? Thank you so much. Thanks to En Vogue for a great interview, and thank you for listening. Torre Show gives you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality, and this show can help. I'm on Twitter at Torre and on Instagram at Torre Show. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and tell your friends about the show. Torre Show is written by me, Torre, and produced by Chris Colbert, with help from William Jolly, Jason Wallace, Candid Nicole, and our photographer, Chuck Marcus. We'll be back next Wednesday with more knowledge from amazing folks because the man still can't shut us down. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered.